Hi, and welcome to the Body Smart Book Club, where we talk about the best of what we read. I'm Melody, we got Mark and Preston here with <laughs> us, and today is our last episode. So, I was waiting for you guys to, like, no, cheer. Bittersweet. There you go. It's supposed to be filling right now. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's supposed to be bittersweet, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of us can be bitter and one of us can be sweet. There Great. you go. Yeah. So, yep, here we go. We're going to be talking about <laughs> chapters 11. We're skipping over 12 and then ch- uh, chapter 13. Before we get going, um, Preston's going to tell us a little bit about how he's getting back into the base phase here. And Yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah, so uh, this chapter, chapter 11, is all about that base period. All about and that base. Yes, no. all about the base. Yeah. <laughs> and I am feeling that base right now. <laughs> Um, it is, uh, I'm just tired all the time. Um, and so, um, I took a little bit of a break, um, being in September, um, really most of September, I was just feeling really, uh, beat up and mentally just so fatigued of training through this year of the coronavirus and no races Mm -hmm. and, um, running by yourself every single day. Um, and it was just, just really weighing on me. So I took some time off. Um, knowing that it has some consequences on my training and I kind of would reset and we work myself back into that base phase. And, uh, um, now I am three weeks into that base phase and definitely feeling it. It's tough, but, uh, it's really important. And I know that, uh, getting that aerobic base and being able to build up the amount of mileage, amount of work I'm able to hold, um, through these later phases into when I start doing more race specific stuff will be super important. Um, but, uh, it was super important for me in what I've done to have that transition period. It's been something that I kind of looked past in, uh, um, past training, uh, blocks just because I felt like I'd always been like in this perpetual state of just training all the time. So a transition phase wasn't necessarily as important, but, uh, um, just making sure that, you know, I was hitting that entire thing was, was pretty important, um, for what I am working into right now. Yeah, that's great. So it's I, I like what you had said about right. You starting that base phase, and you're definitely a little bit more tired, mm-hmm. and that hits at one of the points that they made uh, early on in this chapter. So it's fun, <laughs> kind of just what you said. So during much of the base period, you'll be a little too tired to perform at your best. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why elite athletes build their base before the main competitive period, right? So just mm-hmm. exactly what you said, right? Like I need this time to kind of get back up to snuff, so that when I do start competing, that that I'm ready to go and, and I'm good to go. And so I think that's the thing, right? This base period is just like we're—I mean, training in general, right? We're we're about overreaching bit by bit, um, but this one, right, is just kind of like a constant overreach. We're definitely getting those recovery periods in still, but um, it's it's going to be, yeah, like it's just a lot of time on the road, a lot of miles, and just getting in that low intensity yeah. and just yeah. Hitting the road again and again and again, right? Yep. Well, and I have a question for you. And I think a lot of people are probably experiencing this right now, too, where they're starting to get back into running, but life is getting busier. The holidays mm-hmm. are coming. Uh, everyone's going back to work. The whole, like, quarantine, coronavirus, no one's doing anything. Like, things are starting back up again, right? Yeah. So how are you balancing things that you have to do on top of getting all of your training in? I know you told yeah. me already that yeah. you a lot of Subway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, Melody and I were just talking before this about uh, kind of my day-to-day schedule. And I literally, I leave my house at, like, 7 or 8 in the morning. And I get back, like, at 10 or 11 o'clock at night. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, like, go, 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 go all day long. Um, and yeah, I mean, that hits it right on the head. And the fact that 
Um, really, and my case is kind of extreme in the fact that I run twice a day and I run, you know, more miles than the typical runner does. But I would say at least one of my runs every day, I'm like, there's always this conflict within myself. It's like, well, I could be getting this stuff done that I need to get done or I could go get my run in. And I've kind of just realized that with every single run, every single workout, there's always going to be this choice of, um, do I want to kind of slack off today or do I want to, um, you know, dig in, get it done and be productive. And so it really comes down to this self mastery of, just being able to prioritize what you need to get done and being productive with your time um, because there is always going to be the opportunity to, to push it off. If you're looking for excuses, if you're in that habit of finding the excuses, um, they're just always going to be there. What about giving yourself breaks? Do you feel like that's important? Yeah, I think breaks are super important. Um, obviously, that was kind of the premise for why I'm getting back into the base phase right now and the fact that... Uh, mm -hmm. Um, you know, I took that time off to really allow myself to recover mentally and physically. Um, but it's also become very important as I'm starting to build into this base phase, because like I said, I have just been like super tired and sore and, um, you know, as it mentioned in the book, you know, just really struggling to performing at my best right now, which is totally okay for the base phase. It's more or less expected. Um, but at the same time, it's had me reevaluate, you know, every single day, what I'm feeling and what I feel like I'm capable of that day. Um, and some days, you know, it comes down to, you know what, I think the best thing for my training today is to not do anything. And some days it's okay. Like yes, you're sore. Um, but digging down and actually getting that workout is important. So, um, and it talks about that in the book as well. And the fact that it's, you have to be very flexible when it comes to a training plan, like by all means, you should never write out, what you're doing in a week or a month or a certain macro cycle and say like, I'm following this to a T because that's not going to um, get you the best results. Cause you don't know how your body's going to respond as you go and you might get sick. You might uh, uh, lose an eye to sleep, um, get really busy at work, stressed out. Um, I heard like lose an eye and I was like, wait, what? Lose an eye to sleep. There you go. Well, that would be pretty bad too. Yeah. Yeah. It would be really tough to lose an eye. That would be challenging. <laughs> so... <laughs> That made me uh, it would take of, some adjustment. So it, it definitely would. Yeah. <laughs> but how cool would it be to be that like runner with the eye patch? <laughs> oh yeah. What would your name be though? What would your running name? Be? The one-eyed wonder. Captain Runner. Captain. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Runner. There you have it. Yes. That's, feel free to you know if you if you have any eye injuries, you can take that name. You're welcome. <laughs> you can take it. <laughs> I love it. Um, um, it just it made me think of. Last night, um, my husband and I were laying in bed and I was searching through Instagram and I found our 100 mile training plan. Mm -hmm. And it literally was like exactly what we were going to do for like nine months of training every single day. Mm -hmm. And I didn't say anything. I just showed it to him and he just started laughing. <laughs> we were like, yeah, we, like, we were like, young I remember back that. then. <laughs> yeah, that is not what we, we did. We did not follow that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like the way that they did approach a training plan when yeah, they had these like hilarious. Um, examples here they're very vague yet descriptive at the same time which i like yeah. because it does have a lot of room for changing it and um you'll have to take a look at these as well um in your copy of the book or we can zoom in on this one here Page but uh, 290 and 291 in the book yeah um because it doesn't necessarily you know do a day by day it's more like 
um, week by week what style of training you should be focusing on, whether it's like a base phase, whether it's more um, a specific week for that event you're doing, um, or if it's an intense week or recovery week. Um, and then as well, how much volume you should be doing and how that progression should look. Um, so it has a lot of room in there for, you know, Monday of that week, I'm feeling really beat, beat up and tired. I can dial it back and then Tuesday, but I can still hit the goals that it has for that training plan, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I just love that. Like, it was kind of nice to see this, right? It gave several different examples, right? Like here's, um, you know, maybe a more beginner level athlete. Here's a more advanced one, but I love that how to have like these ones actual training plan, ideals, idealized plan, right? If everything went perfectly, this is what it could look like, but it's definitely not going to look like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, which, which I think is, you know, like it's nice to be able to kind of see an example of, yeah, if everything went right, it looked like, but yeah, I mean, again, going back to having that flexibility, like one of the things they mentioned in the book is you have like the scaffolding of this is what I want my year to look like, right? Like between, uh, preseason and, 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 and the actual race season and postseason, Um, but like in actually planning out what you're going to do the weeks, never really doing like more than a week or two in advance, right? Just because things, things plan, right? Like, yes, this is what we're going to do in this macro cycle. This is what we're going to do here. But like when I'm actually looking at my weeks, just being a little bit more fluid in the planning and not going, you know, the nine months out and having it all planned, <laughs> mm-hmm. but having an idea of what you want to do in each phase and then being able to modulate that week to week, I think is, is the important, important thing. And like, man, doesn't that just sound so much nicer, right? Like I feel like that just gives more breathing room instead of like, <laughs> yeah, Oh my gosh, you don't I have to do it like this. Right. Right. Um, and this is one thing that <laughs> it's funny. We we're just talking about bagging on Mark Sisson, but this is one of the things that, that <laughs> Um, (laughs) I know that I thought he did really well in the book, right. Is just this idea of, of fluidity and not having such a rigid schedule, um, and, and being okay with that. Right. He said, you know, if you like plan, plan schedule breaks into your, uh, into your season, right. Plan the play, plan the recreational things, um, and, and leave it more fluid so that you don't end up getting burnt out. Because I think that just like, you know, that strict rigid, I will not deviate from this plan, even if it like kills me, right. Is a perfect recipe for burnout. And so just that, that idea of going towards that goal, but still giving yourself some like breathing room, some chill room, some like thinking room, I think goes a long way. And in keeping with the spirit of, why most of us are running anyway, right? It's not something that's supposed to, and and we talked about this early and I'm sure we'll get into it with athlete story, but just Mm -hmm. like being able to keep the joy of running and running instead of it just becoming a tedious, another have to do in our list of all these other things that we have to do. Because why do it if it's horrible? Why do it if you hate it? What's the point Mm -hmm. of it? Right? Yeah. It, well, I'm, I'm (laughs) thinking about like, I've been trying to get, into a base phase two and come up with a new schedule. My schedule has gotten super, super crazy. Mark's laughing because he understands. <laughs> Things are crazy right now. And it's, I definitely have not been able to maintain what I was doing before. And it's been really frustrating. Something that I just realized though is basically what you just said is that, okay, I don't have to weight train on Tuesdays and Thursdays because the book said those are the best days to weight train. What works best for my schedule is Mondays and Fridays. Uh, So that's what I'm trying to do. And maybe I'm not running as much as I used to, but I'm doing as much as I can with the time 
I have. And that's something that there's a time and season for everything. And this is, I'm talking to all the average Joes out there who aren't elite runners, um, who can run all day, every day. And I'm not saying like... <laughs> Offense <laughs> like, taken. No. <laughs> D- different perspectives. We're all, we're all different people in different phases, doing different things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so to all you average Joes out there, don't beat yourself up because you're not running 12 hours a week like you used to. Maybe, right, maybe you just had a kid or maybe you have kids and you only can run six hours a week right now. That's better than nothing. So just take what you can get right now and just trust that there's a time and season for everything. And you'll get to a place in your life where you maybe can get up to 12 hours a week again. So just love yourself. Be patient with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that plays into one of the other things that the book talked about, right, is go for the low hanging fruit and, and like building up from where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought in the concept of like, it's so easy for us to want to work on our strengths, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because we're good at that. It feels yeah, like, Hey, I'm good at this, easy. right? Yeah. It feels yeah. super easy. You feel super good about yourself, right? Like, Oh man, this just comes naturally to me. I'm like flowing. I'm jiving. Like, this is so awesome. Right. Versus to kind of reflect and say, okay, what am I not so great at? And how can I improve on that? But the nice thing about that is that when we're focusing solely on our strengths, over time, it becomes a law of diminishing returns, right? You're only getting so much, you know, better um, at, at any given thing versus like those areas that were weak. Like there's a lot of room to improve, right? There's a lot of, a lot to learn. And so, um, you know, for like I, myself as an example, right? I, I think I definitely fall into that kind of aerobic deficiency syndrome, right? So like I am not at a place where I need to be really worried about how many high intensity sessions do I need to put into my week, right? Like for me, the low hanging fruit is like, get out, get miles on, right? Spend time on your feet, get that duration um, and and do it again and again and again. And for me, right? Like there's just this huge, uh, you know, <laughs> like this huge gap that I can fill with just putting in that consistent work. Um, and yeah, like, am I the greatest runner? Not by any means. <laughs> I look like a rhino when I'm moving out there. Um, <laughs> right. Rhinos but, are pretty fast. No, that, yeah, that's, so. that's, and that's really true. cool. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there you are. I mean, I guess not. <laughs> but right, like, like there's, um, like, because there's so much room for me to improve, like, that's actually a really cool thing, right? Like, I can get, um, you know, I can get a lot more out of just that consistent training than I can out of, you know, I don't know, doing something else that I'm good at. But <laughs> should, should I have an example of things that I'm good at and things that I'm bad at? But, um, but that being said, I think just um, being able to like recognize what's difficult for you in running and, you know, that doesn't just have to be something that you accomplish on your own. You know, maybe ask a coach or a friend like, hey, you know, could you go and run with me or could you give me some advice or what do you think I can improve on? And just kind of crowdsourcing our weaknesses, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like people can help us point those out in, in a constructive way. And then we can dive into the training that will be most effective to help us well, build those. Yeah. And that's why a coach is so important because sometimes it is hard to see the weaknesses in ourselves and a coach can, from the outside, can look at you and tell you what you need to work on. So we're yeah. running coaches. <laughs> yeah, it's super easy to be biased as an athlete to be like, oh, like, I'm super great at this. I'm only going to do that. Whereas, like, you kind of need someone to, like, okay, like, but you've got all this other stuff over here that you are terrible at. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. they put it nicer than that, but I'm not going to sugarcoat it for the podcast. So. <laughs> is, is this a Subway commentary? No. Um, <laughs> um, 
No, but yeah. but yeah, that that's a really good point. It does talk about. I really like the quote: "Train your weaknesses and race your strengths." Mm-hmm. So if you're already really good at something, you know you're good at that. Um, take it all the way on race day. But while you're training, run those long flat runs. That's what I gotta do. I hate flat running. <laughs> <laughs> or or climb those hills. Do do the thing that you're not good at. Yeah. That would be me. <laughs> I like climbing. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. Um, I thought the the way that the book outlined kind of a way, you know, we've talking about, we've talking, that is not We've talking about. We've done talking about these things. Um, I'm sorry for anyone who talks that way. Just ignore those last comments. Um, I think we're offending lots of people in this episode. Well, there you go. It's going to happen one way or another. Going out with a bang. <laughs> there you go. Um, but, you know, we've talked about, uh, I just said it again. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's going to be my new phrase. We've talked about. Uh, <laughs> I love it. So the different ways that you can build your own training plan. But I love that this gave kind of the, the quick and dirty way to decide what's the best way to start about building that that base for your that base phase, base period. I'm just going to be making all sorts of words up today. <laughs> all right. Like this idea of first, let's have a real assessment of where we're at as an athlete before we dive into that base phase. Um, you know, so they have category one, category two, um, category one is includes the novice runner, right? Someone who's just started out running and figuring out, but also maybe someone who, uh, this past season just didn't go so well for them, right? They weren't performing at their best. Maybe they had a lot of injuries or they just haven't been on their feet a lot recently. Um, and, and the idea of maybe like, okay, if I'm taking honest assessment, maybe I'm here versus the category two, right? You're, um, you're already well-trained and we're just going back into building that base phase to prepare, to prepare you for the year. Um, but one thing that we've been talking about again and again through these episodes is the idea of listening to your body and that it's better to um, go a little bit short of your capacity rather than to overreach too far and find yourself with a setback. And so I think that's that, you know, starting with that, like, okay, this honest assessment, where am I as an athlete? There's some of the assessments, uh, like as far as the strength assessment and and other things uh, that go into detail in in previous chapters to kind of give you an idea of where you're at. But they also talk about, um, you know, have you been running this mileage or again, like I talked about, how was your last route? Right. Did you really perform like your best? <laughs> like what was it? The, uh, <laughs> I love, they gave like little asterisks, asterisks everywhere. Um, okay. So they said, um, <laughs> so if you're, uh, this is category one, have not during the previous 12 months successfully completed races or events at the mm-hmm. distance duration they're aiming for. Well, asterisk says, this means you performed well and you were happy with the results. You achieved or came close to the goals you had set for yourself that you were satisfied. You were not, I love this part, you were not destroyed or injured by the event. <laughs> it didn't just thrash you. Destroyed is a very aggressive word. <laughs> not just injured, you were destroyed. You were destroyed by that, mm. by that training season. Um, but I think, right, like being able to be honest with ourselves and be like, okay, this is, this is where I'm at. And be okay with starting where you're at. Uh, you know, right, like that's a great place to build from. So yeah, I, I mean, I think that's, that's really for that chapter let's dive into chapter 13 so special considerations for um for uh mountain running sorry my brain just broke for a second there so special considerations for mountain running do you guys want to talk about some of your favorite parts of the chapter yeah Mm -hmm. so 
So Killian Jornet shares these recommendations, and this was our favorite part of the chapter. We'll just quickly go over a few of them. One of the things that he says is consider the stress of everyday life, and we've kind of talked about that. Uh, he talks about not overdoing it, so don't let the run destroy you. He says to be realistic about your goals and expectations. Stop and think about what are your priorities, what's happening in your life right now. Uh, he also says to be progressive. Be progressive. Be, be progressive. <laughs> and he just reminds oh. everyone like, hey guys, I'm so awesome because I've been doing this since I'm a baby. Don't try to be like me. Just kidding. He's not arrogant like that. But... <laughs> Don't, don't, but don't try, try to be to like them. Don't, don't try like, to be like them. Yeah. 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 I mean, do, but just don't try to like. Be progressive in it. Baby steps. Yeah. Don't just jump in. Don't jump straight like to that. the 100 miler. Um, he even talked about how like he wouldn't recommend himself to even go straight to 100 miler. He worked his way up in distances and didn't just kind of dive in head first. Yeah, that's, I did that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but you survived. We did It didn't survive. destroy it you. Didn't destroy yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've not been destroyed by the <laughs> Yeah, you know, I just, I know we've kind of spoken to this point before, but this idea of like Killian is just this amazing athlete who's really just, he's competitive with himself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, yeah, like, does he love to win the races, right? I think all of us love to win things, right? It feels mm-hmm. good. But his life has been focused on on this passion for running. And that's what's driven him, right? That's what driv- drives him to, to do the kind of training that he does. And, I mean, that's just the family life he grew up with, right? A love for being outdoors and for being physically active. And so... I think that's probably part of his success too, is that he hasn't always looked at what everyone else is doing. He has, you know, except in terms of like, well, what's the science of this, right? Like what type of training plans are effective, you know, given this context versus this context. But it seems like the focus has always been on how can I improve myself? How can I do something that I haven't done before? Um, How can I, can I stretch myself? Um, And so I think that's one of the things to, to consider is that, I think we can go through a lot of grief trying to meet others best and trying to meet, um, you know, match the training plans of others in in this, you know, ill-advised way to, to try to become the best. I think if we're just constantly looking for how we can improve, um, being realistic about um, our weaknesses, our expectations, about the stresses that we have, um, but then just trying to always reach for our best without worrying so much about what other people are doing or what other people are accomplishing. I think that's a really great recipe for enjoyment and success in running, but really enjoyment and success in any area of our lives, right? That um, we, we, we're, you know, we're realistic about our situations. We push ourselves um, and that we find joy in, in whatever we're doing, regardless of the circumstance. Anyway, that's my two bits about that. (laughs) It ties right into the athlete story at the end. Right before we dive into that, I just want to hit these last couple things that Killian said, just to finish it out. He said to prepare for the technicality, technicality, yes, of the course. (laughs) So try to run on a course similar to your, uh, what does he call it, your level A, your grade A your priority race, right? Yeah. Um, and then he says to train each element, and these elements include physical preparation, technical preparation, 
mental preparation, and gear. Gear is a huge deal, especially for mountain athletes who are on the mountain for, you know, 20, 40 Mm-hmm. plus hours right that's important and then he says don't take it all too seriously which ties into the last athlete story it's her name is emily forsberg and she basically talks about how she got into mountain running because she just loved it so she was a climber for a long time and she was actually a little bit late into the game getting into running she was what did she say 22 years old when she started uh ultra running so old no (laughs) (laughs) and she just fell in love with it and the way she talks in this story is just awesome because it's not like and then i was elite and i was winning all these races and she was just like whoa and then all of a sudden i was elite and i was doing these races and like whoa i won i can't believe i won like (laughs) Mm -hmm. this is just fun to me And she ends by saying, for me, racing should be fun, but I won't sacrifice my health and happiness for it. So I feel like they put this story at the end just to, for a a reason, just to kind of say, none of this is worth it if you're not enjoying it. That's the number one most important thing. We just have to point this out. She just like, look at the smile. They're just so happy. The spirit about her, like she's just a happy person. It's awesome. Yeah, I really like that they put this at the end. Like, in my mind, it's basically like, you know, they give you all this science stuff like that. And they're like, but the most important thing is being happy. And so, like, to me, like, the first 12 chapters of this book are all, you know, teaching you the science. And then it's so you can make the best informed decisions about what you like to do and prioritizing um, what you're going to have in your training plan. To not only be able to maintain enjoyment of the sport, but be able to get the most out of the things that you enjoy from the sport. Amen. Yeah. Amen, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anything else that you guys want to say on our very last Uphill Athlete episode? No, I think that's a great point to end on. Um, Yeah. Right? Like the science is important only insofar as it allows us to continue doing what we love. Doing what we love. Exactly. Exactly. There's lots of ways to learn who you are and to learn about life. Running's just one of them. If this is something you're interested in, then awesome. If not, it's okay. Um, <laughs> anyways. I'll still judge you a little bit. <laughs> there we go. Just there we go. Bit. <laughs> running's amazing. Uh, but for those of you that haven't uh, checked out the book yet, great book. We highly recommend it. Um, it's been one of, for sure, one of my favorite uh, training books that I've read. Um, very very goes into a lot of depth about a lot of the science and the really taking advantage of those training days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll end here with our sponsors. So shout out to the Oak Ridge Sandsbury Trail Series by Jimmy Thomas. Shout out to the Utah Running Shop. Shout out to the Wasatch Running Center. And that's a new one. Shout out to the Wasatch Running Club. Yeah, Wasatch Run Club. Check us out on Facebook or on our website, wasatchrunclub.com. Um, just great resources for runners to get together and uh, enjoy the sport of running. Thanks. Oh, skiing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>